Welcome to Fitness in the Word with Benjamin Kasanji. There is a new great, great wave of healing that is going to hit this nation. It is going to be like we've just broken out of something. Then it is going to be like all of a sudden it is so easy. So easy. It is so common. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And today, today I want to demystify some things that concern healing. Praise the Lord. Especially when we talk about, especially we, as we've been called, we want 100% results. Praise the Lord. We want all of them healed like in the Bible days. We don't want excuses. We don't want, oh, you see, they didn't believe. Oh, they didn't have this. Oh, they didn't have this. No. The devil can't have our people anymore. The devil can't have our loved ones anymore. Praise the Lord. We can't watch them suffer on their bed, sick. They can't move. They can't turn until some of them have embraced it as normal, until some of them have believed it's because of my age. Some of them have believed it's because of the weather. Some of them have believed it's because of where we stay. No, not at all. I know you're safe because of the word you've been receiving. I, you should be safe because of what you've received. Praise the Lord. This word does not lose its power when Corona came. It didn't lose its power. Praise the Lord. And this is a very great opportunity for us to really launch out and, and launch out. It, this should never happen. As long as we are alive, it should never happen on this magnitude. It should never happen. We are going to plant churches everywhere. You know why we should plant churches everywhere? So that the pastors believe like we believe. Because now if all those pastors are crazy like we are, eventually they will see that the whole church is not respecting corona. The whole church is not respecting cancer. The whole church is not respecting any of these things. But you see, it is so sad when you hear it from Christians. Before even the government said we should lock down, Christians had locked down. Hallelujah. So did God shrink? Did he shrink? You know, someone says, oh, it's because you don't have anyone close to you that... No, I know people that... I know, I, I know people who, 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 who are close to me. I know people that I know personally whose relatives have had corona, have, have suffered from corona. Does it change my conviction? Does it change what I believe? No, it doesn't change it. Like, oh, you talk like that because it is not yet real to you. You've not seen it. No, man. I got so passionate about healing because sickness was so real to me. <laughs> the emphasis, the seriousness you see with which I bash corona, it's because sickness has been a reality to me. I saw my dad suffer sick more than how many years? Almost 15 years. I saw that. And there was, and I said, devil, not again. Yeah? You know, the Hill song has a song called Devil Not, not Today. Yeah? Not today. Hey. Go listen to that song and dance. Not today. Not today, devil. Not today. I said, no more. Never shall I bow to sickness. Never shall we bow to this. And the body of Christ shall ne You know, we say, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Corona is from the gates of hell. Every sickness is from the gates of hell. All these things that we see are from the gates of hell. And you see when he says the gates of hell shall not prevail, it is not, it is not that the gates of hell shall like are being opened to the church. No. 
It is the church that is rescuing people from the gates of hell. It is the, we are the ones opening those gates. We are hitting them at their fort. Christianity is not just on the defensive. Praise the Lord. We have the word, which is an offensive weapon, the sword. So, you know, when people talk about the church, people know that when he t it's his glorious church that he's coming for. When Jesus comes for us, he's not coming to rescue us, like many people think. No. He's coming to say, well done. You guys have... Sh because he said, occupy until I come. He's coming... And it's like, you guys did well. You occupied well. We are not just going to, we are in heaven. No, we are, we made it. God, that demon chased me. I'm like, no, 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 no. We are, you see, personally, I will pause and look back. And I'll say, we did it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If Jesus did it, we can did it. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was the reason he did it, so that we should do it. He, the same power that raised him from the dead, works in us. Jesus came to show us the example. Praise the Lord. Never should the boy, man, never. Unless I'm not, a, but the body of Christ that I'm associated to, never should it cower to the powers of darkness. Never, never again. Now, we are not going to see that in Kenya. Praise God. At least if everyone cowers, we who will not will have a very strong voice. That we will cover all those that have hidden. That they will not be embarrassed because we will stand up on their behalf also. That we will stand up on their behalf. Praise the Lord. Ah, it is so sad. It is so sad. Man, when you see things happen and it's like, you're just like, has God fallen? Has he fallen from his throne? Has someone dethroned him? Something comes and, you know, and that's why I was saying that new people, new believers who come to church, they realize it was not that serious. You get it? Because when they come, we are seeing all these powerful songs. His blood shall never lose its power. He's, they, we sing. Then they say, Corona has come. Pasi, do we have service? Ah, uh, this situation is very serious. Pasi, was thou blood very serious? You know, <laughs> because you see, we talked about it. We said it was serious. So now, just think about it like not a religious person. Many of you have been corrupted by religion. Just think about it like a naive person who has just come to church, you're born again. And you're told there is power in the blood of Jesus. Power that can break every chain, every sickness, every what? So imagine I'm telling you that. You get what I'm saying? Then they announce today, oh, there is corona. Then tomorrow I'm like, hey, now for your safety. Now you as an innocent person who has never been church, who is not religious, what are you going to think? That thing was never serious. That is why churches have lost people. You know, many churches have reopened and the numbers are... Because people realized it wasn't that serious. We, all along we've been in drama. Ndwama. Huh? <laughs> Findio. <laughs> huh? All along we've been... We've been going for theater. When things became serious, everyone forgets about the Bible. They forget about whatever they said. No. We are not of them that draw back. We are not of them that draw back. 
will stay foolish to the world, but in the end, we are the ones who are going to look back and we say, we occupied. When he says, shall I find such faith? Shall the Son of Man find such faith when he comes? I'm so glad we are here. He will not be disappointed. He will not be disappointed. We are here. He will find such faith. These are remnant. A remnant, even unto this day, by the election of grace. These are remnant. There are people who still believe in the power of God. There are people who still speak in tongues. There are people who still believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit. There are people who still believe in laying hands on the sick. There are people who still believe in speaking to mountains and they move. There are people who still believe the Bible. Praise the Lord. These are remnant. These are remnant. Are you not glad to be one of them? Yeah, so many times we are told there are reasons, conditions. There are reasons why some people don't receive healing. So I want to demystify that today. Praise the Lord. So uh, I want to look at the most important, the very key things in healing. Praise the Lord. And also to show us that God has made it like God has made healing so, if we follow his word, he's made the probability so, the, the, the sample space, he's made it so big, so big, so big, that we see it right in the Bible, that people will receive healing. Like, God loves people so much. How Jesus went on doing good, healing all that were vexed by Spirits and what? It was out of his being good that he healed people. And he was moved with compassion when he looked at them and they were sh like sheep scattered with, without a shepherd. And he healed them all. It was his love. And he looked at them, beaten by fiery serpents. And he told Moses, make a bronzen serpent. And whoever looks at it, there was no covenant to that. They were not entitled to that healing. Jesus had not died. If we say healing is in the atonement, he had not even died. But Jesus healed them right from the Old Testament. Naaman, who is not even a Jew, comes and is healed of leprosy. Before Jesus dies, there is the pool of Siloam, pool of Bethesda. Before there was crucifixion, before Jesus died, that there was an angel who would come, literally, as into the Jews' healing was so normal. Literally, you know a place, there is a place in town there. An angel comes every year, and whoever is sick gets in and they get healed. How do we get told today that sometimes he will want to heal, sometimes not? When you look at the scripture, he seems to be so passionate about it that he put such a pull. And you see, for them to go to the temple to do certain things, they even had to be holy, clean. But for healing, it didn't require them to be clean and holy. That's how passionate he was about healing. He didn't say whoever sanctifies the Sabbath and what then looks at the serpent, they shall be healed. No, he said whoever looks. There has no, the only thing was looking. Looking signified believing. That was the only thing. Doesn't that show you that God is so passionate about physical healing? No, look at it. Look, look at it that way. There are many things. He, if a man desires to be this, he should do this. He should sanctify the Sabbath. He should not do this. He's not holy to do this. He's not holy to do this. But when it came to healing, whoever gets in that pool when the angel comes, they will be healed. Naaman came to Elisha. He was even the offering he had, Elisha didn't take. He was healed. Has God changed? Is he less loving? Has his love gone away? No, 
And you see, Jesus said, if you do not believe me, at least believe me for the works that I do. Believe me for the miracles I do. And how many, more than 70% of his miracles were to the physical body. You're going to see, John writes, in John I think he records about 12 miracles of Jesus. Seven of them were on the physical, were for the body. Feeding people and healing and raising the dead. Seven out of the 12. It just shows you that that is where his emphasis is. Why is his emphasis there? Because he really, really needs your body on earth. You're as important to God as your body is while on earth. As long as your body is depleted, it's no longer, then you're not useful on earth. That is why when your body gives way, you are a spirit being more powerful than the body, but when the body is done, you get on a flight. Away. Praise the Lord. So his body, and he's told us, occupy until I come. The laborers are few. Then people preach and say, oh, God took them. God took that child. God himself is saying the laborers are few. Why does he take them? You get what I'm saying? Yeah? We need to understand God's will, to know God's will for us and for healing. So, one of the main key things, or very key, the most important thing when it comes to healing is faith. Yeah? We'll read Matthew 9.22. We'll read 21.21. Matthew 9.22. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Praise the Lord. Chapter 21, verse 21. Matthew 21, 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto the mountain, this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Praise the Lord. He's just, I'm just giving scriptures to show us that, yeah, faith is very key. Faith is so important. Mark 11, 21 to 23. Jesus, uh, oh, and Pete, Peter calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou castest is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto him, have faith in God. Praise the Lord. Have faith in God. Verse 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Praise the Lord. Now this scripture is not written by Kenneth Hagin. He was quoting Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now that every book of Kenneth Hagin, that's a scripture you're going to see, until some people have thought, but imagine a man was, his life was transformed just here, from a deathbed. Yeah? When pastors had told him he's going to die, pastors came and they said, oh, Kenneth has been a good boy in Sunday school, so I'm sure his soul will go to heaven. Th those are the only things he had. No one talked of healing. And he read that verse. 
And he lived for more 70 what years after that? 71 years. By this time he was dying, he was 16. Dying. Nothing is going to happen. And he took this verse and says, whoever believes and does not doubt. So like, God, I've believed. Why isn't it happening? And he went back. Whoever believes. Yeah? Shall have those things that he says. And he realized, yeah, if I really believe, what do healed people do? They don't stay in bed. And he got out of bed. The room spun around him. He fell on the floor. He kept doing that. And in less than a week, he was out and he was. And you know, when he he's interviewed in 2000, 2002, do you fall sick? It's like the last headache I had was in 1934. It was three seconds. <laughs> I like that guy. Other people were offended. Me, I was challenged. He's the first person I had saying you can live without sickness. I was excited. I was in high school. I'm like, so it's possible for somebody not to be sick. And you know, I would think the same thing would excite other people. Me, it offended them. I said, who does he think he is? Who do they think they are taking this to? I'm like, how doesn't that excite you? This is a human being like you, free from sickness. Don't you want to know his secret? Hallelujah. Imagine. The last headache I had. Uh, do you catch the flu? No, I've never caught the flu. Like that. I say, oh, it's no more, it's no more, it's no more. I'm telling you, when we move to the other realm, we will realize the new normal. You see, leave alone what they are saying. Now embrace the new normal. Don't embrace this one. It's, it's not the new normal. It's, it's their new normal. No. There is a normal we stepped in. I stepped in that normal. In 94, I was four years of age. And I said, Jesus, come into my life. Four years of age. I embraced that new normal. So as people are preparing for the new normal, this new normal I got in 94 doesn't give way to any other new normal. It, it is constant. It's there. Praise the Lord. It is there. It, it doesn't give way. It's like Twanzebe. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't make sense to you, Google. <laughs> and I think sometimes the theologians come here, they're like, ah, this preacher is not serious. This guy. How does he pastor? Like this. Happy people. <laughs> but faith is very serious. Faith is key. He's showing us faith is key. Hebrews 11:6. For without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever comes to him must believe that he is and that he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. So without faith. So it's not tears that please God. It's not your church service that pleases God. It's not. It is faith. So it's not, oh, I've been giving my offering all this year. Oh, you know, initially I used to ask people. I've not asked them nowadays, but I should ask them again. But <laughs> people, like, very early when I was really starting to miss healing, people would come to me and they would say, you know, people called me pastor before. Actually, I've never called myself pastor. I've never told anyone that I'm pastor. Even in Ratsi, people just, I don't. Actually, if you're the one who started calling me pastor, <laughs> who, who, started, who started that thing? Yeah? When we began, I was called Benjamin. Even those pastors had Benjamin. They didn't have any pastor. 
we are celebrating. It's media team. Media team are the ones that started. We are celebrating six years. Whoever started calling me. <laughs> Before we get in the seventh year. <laughs> but you know, people would come and say, oh, pastor, oh, man of God, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and still I'm not healed. I've gone to this church, I've gone here, I've gone here. You, you get what I'm saying? And I would ask them, what does that have to do with your healing? You get it? Do you know what Jesus has done? I wish you came and told me, by, he went on the cross, he received my stripes, he did what, and I'm not healed. Then we would maybe start talking. But you see, you're telling me about what you did, what you did, what you did, which is irrelevant when it comes to healing. It has no power in it to heal anyone. Yes. Hallelujah. One time Jensen Franklin was, he was going to pray for sick people and God told him to call out the blind. So he calls out the blind people. But you see one of his eyes, he uses a contact lens in one of the eyes. So he's like, God, now praying for these blind people, even me, my eye is not healed and what. And God asked him, who told you it's your eye I used to heal them? <laughs> who told you my, like my healing is waiting, it's dependent on your eye. Like, really, you've forgotten what Jesus went through. He had to wait for you to stop using the contact lens for him to heal other people. You get what I'm saying? It is faith in God. It is in what Jesus has done on that cross. So when people say, I did this, I did this, I did this, no. All that is not pleasing to God. For without faith, it's impossible to please him. So faith has a basis. The basis is the finished work of Christ on the cross. That is the basis. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so you can do all those things and you will still not receive. So faith is so important. Many people may not receive their healing, maybe because of that also. Because of not engaging faith, it can be slow, it can be that. Then another thing that will, another thing would be, it would be sin in somebody's life. Somebody would ask, will sin hinder somebody from being healed and what? Yes, and in this way. You see, Sin brings guilt. The major reason the God says sin shall not have dominion over you, he's not just talking about the indulgence. God is not so bothered that you're stealing, you're fornicating. That's not a big deal. Praise the Lord. The sin having a hold on you or the bondage of sin, it is because God knows the repercussions of sin. Praise the Lord. And you see, that is what happened in the Garden of Eden. And he asked them, who told you you were naked? He knew that sin would reveal nakedness to them. And that, is, that was the big deal. You get it? He didn't dwell so long on you ate the apple. You're really sure you ate the apple. You ate the, hey, people are going to be in trouble. You ate the apple. Adam and Eve. <laughs> you ate the apple. Hey? Are you vegans? You, yeah. <laughs> yeah? There were donkeys, there were giraffes, there were antelopes, there were gazelles, there were cows, and they ate an apple. No nutritionist forced them. <laughs> but you know, God doesn't dwell there. God, God is. God dwells on the naked part. Who told you you're naked? He makes them clothing because that's what sin does. Sin. This, it brings guilt, and guilt disarms you. 
Guilt makes you feel like you don't qualify. That is why he came to give us his own righteousness. Righteousness. You have the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. What is righteousness? You being able to stand before God without any sense of guilt, inferiority, or condemnation. That is righteousness. Righteousness is not what you do. That is why we sing and say we shall be clothed in robes of righteousness. We put it on. It belonged to Jesus and he gave it to us. Righteousness. So sin does that. Sin brings guilt conscience and now with guilt it is hard to release faith and with guilt an inroad to the devil is brought in praise the lord and the devil can do like what he tells us in james james 3 16 where there is strife and envy all manner of evil is there it gives an inroad to the devil so it is not that god says i'm not going to heal you because of sin in your life no it becomes hard for you to receive it just becomes hard for you to receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And, yeah, so it's true. And that's why we see Luke chapter 5, verse 20, which Mark talks about still in Mark 2, 5, the same account. I mean, not the different account, same scenario. And when he saw their faith, the ones who lowered this man through the roof, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Jesus could hear what was in their hearts. Whether it's easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk. To Jesus, both are easy. But he's asking, which one is easier? <laughs> you get it? <laughs> Definitely no Pharisee could show up and say, rise up and walk. <laughs> that one was, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say your sins be forgiven because no physical evidence may be required. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so Jesus asked them, what's easy? Then, Verse 24. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house glorifying God praise the Lord this was proof that sin was forgiven and Taylor Osborne wrote a book called miracles proof of God's love and it's true Jesus used miracles many times to prove to people that they are loved by God here Jesus dealt with the issue that would have stood in the man's way. He told him, your sins are forgiven. Guilt conscience dealt away with and healing flowed to this person. So many times that is, that is very possible, even subconsciously. You see, even in, the, even, even in the medical world, even in the medical world, they know it. Psychiatrists know it, isn't it? 
They, there are conditions that people go through, there are illnesses that people go through, but they originated from people being guilty. Somebody is guilty, they didn't take care of their children. Somebody is guilty, their dad died and they were not there. Somebody is guilty, and eventually they become sick. Yeah? The medical world has it, and it is because of that guilt, the guilt, like, the, like we are seeing, he deals with sin here. And that is why we see in the early, the Pentecostals and what, whenever people came for the healing meetings, they took them through repentance, they would ask them to ask for forgiveness and what and what. And you see, today we bash those things and call them religion and religious, but you see, they were they wanted to get every maximum result that they could get from healing. So they didn't want people, because you see, when somebody, when they confess their sin and what, it helps their faith. Praise the Lord. And they know, I have dealt with that. It is not an issue anymore. God has forgiven me. Uh, forgiveness was given 2,000 years ago, but now you see, because this sin it brings that guilt. It makes you to doubt a lot that God has done because you think, I'm not living right, I'm not living this, I'm not living this. So there are many people who are like that. And you see, there are a number of times I've been praying for people and I just got, like, I just got a word of knowledge. I just got to know, you need to forgive your mother. You get it? And they didn't. They were healed. You need to forgive so and so. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Imagine praying for somebody, they want to speak in tongues. And they can't speak in tongues. I'm like, can you forgive your mother? Okay, forgive my mother. Just like that. You see, so there was guilt. There was this conscience that was hindering them from receiving from God. So it is true. There are many people who are like that, who fail to receive because of that. In the medical world, it's psychosomatic illness. You see, there is illness that is, they'll say it's psychosomatic. It, it's just something that... So, uh, you've seen even many people, it may start with anxiety, depression, then it gets into a physical ailment. Somebody started by throwing a pity party, they're blaming themselves, why was I not there when my sister needed me most, I said bad things to my sister, now she's dead, now, and you see eventually you're like, okay, they're in depression, they're depressed. Eventually you realize they are paralyzed, like it keeps going on. So even in the medical world, and that is why you see, even when you come around, if they are doing Psychiatrists are helping people in depression and what? They try to keep positive vibe around them till you don't say negative things. Like around them, don't, don't remind them of their failures. Don't, isn't that what they say? They, they, they are trying to get mind renewal, which, which, which is originally from God. And the word carries real power to change this. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so there are people, there they, they are times we may not see maximum results because of that. Then, the anointed person, the anointed person, 1 Corinthians 12, we can read from verse 28, 28 to 31 maybe. The anointed, and God, and God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps and governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have uh, gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? You see, the definite answer to all this list is no. Praise the Lord. But you see, it means some are. You get what I'm saying? Now, 
This is so serious, especially when it comes to this, especially we as a ministry being people who believe in new creation realities, we believe in all this and we do this. This is very serious because in the 1920s, from the 20s to the 40s, Pentecostal move when it was very strong, emphasis was a lot on this, God's man of the hour, Oral Roberts, God's man of the hour, A.A. A. Allen, God's man of the hour, Jaco, God's woman of the moment, Catherine Coleman. So there was like people worshipped in church, people sang in church, but if you needed healing, you needed to go from, uh, from wherever you are to California where Amy McPherson was for you to receive healing. Praise the Lord. And so everyone believed only somebody with the gift of healing is the one that can see you healed. It is that person particularly called for healing. Now, later in the 70s, towards the 80s, now the charismatic movement started coming up, but there was also, there was Vineyard. You remember Vineyard? John Wimber? You can research, you can do some church history, but you can read about John Wimber. John Wimber came to correct that, and the pendulum just swung over to another extreme because he came. Everyone, he says, this sign shall follow them that believe. So it's for everyone, it's for everyone, it's for everyone, it's for everyone. You believe. Then during that time also, the faith movement became so strong, so the emphasis was, do you believe it? You just need to believe it. You just need to read the word of God and believe it. You just need to read the word of God and believe it. Until it came to an extreme, which we are having today, where people don't believe, there are particular vessels anointed for particular things, for particular ministries. Praise the Lord. People, the people believe no Everyone can minister healing. Everyone can minister, can, can prophesy. Everyone, which is true. It's what, it's what I preach here. That's why we require everyone here to lay hands on the sick. That's why we tell everyone here, you can prophesy. You can give a word of knowledge. And we require that when you go out, you do these things. Praise the Lord. But you see, it does not eliminate that there are those that have particularly been called for some of these things. And you're going to realize that some of the things, you're going to realize that maybe for you to, 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 to start prophesying, you need to be taught, you need to, you get what I'm saying? But you're going to realize there's somebody who was just called for this. And at times, even before they got born again, you saw it in them. They just knew things. Visitors showed up and they just knew their phone number. You get what I'm saying? So they don't have a discipline that can take you through and tell you this is how I grew in the prophetic. They didn't grow, they were there. Yeah? You know, I saw a very nice joke. I saw, I saw, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it was a meme. The kid asking the grandma, Grandma, where did you grow up? They, I grew up in the east, in the south, or in the wherever. And where did grandpa grow up? He didn't. (laughs) 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 So these people didn't grow into it. They didn't grow into hearing God. Maybe they can grow in the way of ministering or administering the gift. You get it? But you've read about Branham. Branham never sat in a prophetic school. He didn't ever see any prophet. Just at the age of three, he starts hearing God. A whirlwind comes. He prophesies about World War II. Before it comes, he prophesied about a bridge. He prophesies about the parents relocating to a house. He doesn't even know what he's doing. He doesn't even know this is prophetic. You get what I'm saying? And so you're going to see people who can't even teach fully about healing, but they see results. They're not even sure if God is willing to heal everyone, but they see results. 
So gifts are still there. So the anointed person, it's, it's, also, it's also important. Praise the Lord. It's also like, it makes it easy. The, and that's why I was saying that the sample space is so big because God wants results so much. He wants to see. So he's gifted people particularly. And yet, even if you're not gifted, he's given the word. You can read the word and believe for yourself. And you still have healing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So at times it's also dependent on the anointed person. And this is what we see even with the woman, with the issue of blood. What we saw, he said, thy faith has made you whole. And many times we say, this woman, it's just her faith that made her whole. But the Bible says, virtue came out of me. It's true her faith was there, but there was virtue that came out of Jesus. There was power, there was an anointing on Jesus. So it is not just her faith that made her whole. It is the power that was released when she reached out with her, her faith. And that is why you see that. It's true there are meetings where people come and they believe. You get it? They have faith, but they don't see the instant results. They don't see the results as they... Then another minister shows up and the people come and they don't believe so much and they see many results. Praise the Lord. And all these are important. All these have happened because... People will say, oh, there are conditions you don't meet. There are conditions you don't meet. With just those major things that have given us, that shows us that we can get people healed. No matter the way, we can get people healed. And it's God's desire that we should stop disqualifying people, telling them, you didn't believe enough. If they didn't believe enough, I should carry enough virtue that it does not matter. Because the, this man that he tells, go, your, go, that he tells, take your bed and go, it wasn't even the man's faith. It was his friends that brought him. When he saw their faith, not the man's faith. So why can't it be my faith? If this man, his friends believe for him, why can't it be that you, okay, you don't have faith. Let my faith work for you. Because for this man, their faith worked. He meets the man at the pool of Bethesda and asks him, do you want to be healed? This man was really African. <laughs> we are better. At least we answer with questions. <laughs> you get it? But his answer was totally wrong. <laughs> You've heard that joke. I think it was, what? It was, was it Eric Omondo? Or what? But sometime back when I was in Uganda, his dad was joking about Kenya. So he's like, somebody met, met him at the airport and he's like, I was told that Kenyans answer questions with, with questions. Who told you? <laughs> the man is asked, do you want to be healed? And what does he say? I have no man to get me in the water. That's not what Jesus, that's not the answer to the question. As, do you want to be healed? So we can't say that this man really had faith that Jesus is going to heal him. But he said, take your bed and go. Praise the Lord. He said, take your bed and go. There is a man who came for his son to be delivered. And Jesus told him, only believe. And the man said, I believe. Then he broke down half one and said, help my unbelief. In other words, he didn't believe fully. And Jesus still cast out the demon. He healed the boy. So Paul's handkerchiefs were taken to people. Paul's aprons were taken to people. These are all things that God has put here. And we've seen this over and over. I've told you a story about somebody that we were with in college who was not even a believer. 
She was not a believer. And she had a kidney issue. She had to have a kidney transplant. She was meant to be taken to India. And one night she was in pain. And you see the college wanted to call. They were calling the ambulance to come and take her to hospital. And she said, I know where Christians are praying from. Take me to the football field. And they brought her. And we prayed for her. And she was healed and she got a new kidney. And, okay, we can say she believed, but she's not even a believer. Praise the Lord. And you see a number of people that we've seen like that. We've, I've told you about this story there at, oh, on Moy Avenue. It's now a Naivas when there's a Barclays Bank there where that Naivas is. There's a lady that used to beg from there. She was called Florence. She had a swollen foot and she was blind, blind in one eye. So one time we just stopped there at 2, uh, 2 p.m. We stopped there with my wife. Lay hands on her. She's slain on the road. You get it? Now, th that, were we even married yet? Either we were married or we were not yet married. And that time was bringing my wife into this kind of ministry 101. You get it? Like on the street, people are going to see us. A lady slain here. I'm like, they don't even care. They're just going to look and keep going. And that's what happened. Like, it's not that serious. Pray for these blind people. So you see, we start praying for that lady. She's laying there. We start praying for her. And we see that there's like a milky layer that was covering the eye. So we start seeing it move, move, move. And I said, can you feel it moving? Yes, yes, yes. I'm starting to see some light. I'm starting to see. And you see, she started, she, she, that eye, she was seeing, not fully, but she could see. You see, she could see us. She could blurry but she could see us you see we didn't ask her to first get born again we didn't ask her to confess her sins we didn't ask her if she believes we just told her we want to pray for you praise the lord so there should be no putting down anyone that has any condition in the name of they didn't believe they are not born again they didn't meet this condition they didn't meet god has given us resources Praise the Lord. We've been given resources. And you see, to some of these people, especially because they are non-believers, they are going to believe after seeing. Because they are non-believers. So like this man, you see the man who was blind, the man that Jesus healed, he said, one thing I know, I was blind, now I see. Then later, he says he believed on Jesus. He didn't believe on Jesus immediately. Even when he was healed. He met him and he didn't even know who had healed him. And Jesus had to tell him, I'm the one who healed you. That's what the Bible says in John. He healed him. The man went on excited, euphoria, and he's all over. He's thrown out of the temple for being healed. Praise the Lord. You know, that's when you know there is revival. When youth are excommunicated from church for being too much. You see, you know revival is happening. When you start hearing that, ah, that youth, he's just praying for people every time. He's healing people every time. Does he think he's the reverend? Now you know revival has hit our country. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> when we start sitting down with people and telling them, you need to stay in school. Just finish school. You know revival has hit. But when everything is just so normal, <laughs> we come to church when it's not raining, when it's raining, church number is half, and we are not yet in revival. We can talk about it as much as we, but there are things, that, revival is uncomfortable. Revival is not as beautiful as it is when you read about it. It's very uncomfortable. Oh, Azusa, they saw the power of God. Jesus used to cover his face with a box while ministering. There is, that's revival. 
He would cover his face with a box while ministering to people. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. Revival is not as revival is beautiful in the later years. Is not C.S. Lewis, who? Charles Wesley. He was kicked out of the church of England when that revival of Wesley came. He was kicked out of church. So many times today we think that whoever the church is accepting is the correct one, whoever is in the right books of the archbishop of the diocese of who is the spiritual father for the nation, we think those are the right people. We would have missed all those revivalists. Many of them were not. Because you see, it shakes systems. We, st we, 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 you know, Smith Wigglesworth used to say, I don't, I don't like establishment. Religion establishes people. In a way, establishment, he, uh, he would actually say establishment, you know. Archaic English, it has no E. It's established, established. So, but it's a word, today we use establishment like to mean, uh, all these words we use, rooted and what, we don't understand the original meaning. But you see, established me meant literally rooted. You get it? So Smith Wigglesworth is like, ah, I don't like religion. Like, you should have establishment. You know, these are our norms I don't like. So one time he's with this pastor who, is, who likes doing things a certain way. He fears when, when God moves, oh, things are getting out of, of hand. Things, when things are not getting out of hand, God is not yet moving. <laughs> they, yeah? Imagine in the upper room, fire on everyone. You go for a service and you say, now today there is going to be fire on 120 of us. Things were out of hand. By the time people come, the whole city comes and these guys are drunk. I doubt those guys were seated with their hymnals telling their child, sing. Yeah. No, you can't call such people drunk. <laughs> there are something that... <laughs> it, it was not that. It was chaos. The Bible says they feared to join them. They were weird. Yeah, revival causes some things that... It shakes things. You're like, eh... Today we went past time. Oh, the person on the camera was just on the floor the whole time. That's not why we employed them. <laughs> you know, you, you, that's, the, the, the revival happens like that. So one time he's with one of these pastors in the, on, the, they're on the chariot. They are moving with the horses. And you know, there are times that horses refuse to move. You get it? You can beat and beat and beat and it will refuse. You can cut off its head and it will refuse. So the horse is not moving. So the pastor wants it so much to move. And yes, Smith Wigglesworth, what is happening? And Smith Wigglesworth tells him, it's established. It's established. You see, in the archaic English, yeah, the horse was established. Established things don't move. The body of Christ moves. The body of Christ is a living organism. Praise the Lord. So we can't stay with our routines. This is what we believed. This is what our grandfather did. This is what our, when this act diocese, when this, this diocese was formed in 1932, they said no woman should be standing in front. They should all be standing here. For God's sake. That's why there is no power there. Because you established, you stopped moving in 1932. When the bishops established you in 1932, you're still in 1932, in 2020. Praise the Lord. So these revivals were not, they were not, they were not things that were celebrated like, like they, we think they are. People were kicked out. We look at uh, Evan Roberts, a young boy 
No one in church wanted to listen to him. No one wanted to listen to what he's saying. But you see, what God was doing was so real and it was so fresh to them. So even with this that he's doing with healing, definitely there are going to be things that there are going to be things that are, are not there are going to be things that may shake our systems. There are going to be things that may shake the way we think. But it is for the good. When you want to do, you see, when, whenever some of the worst roads that keep being done and then they, they get worse and worse and worse, it is because they come and just layer on the bad road. You get it? A good road, when refurbished, they'll come and scrap off that top layer and redo it. So at times with what God is doing, systems have to be shaken because the systems are so rigid. They are so, just like he says, new wine cannot be put in old wineskins because they will break. They will burst. Praise the Lord. They will burst. And there are many things that are like that. Even now, there are many things that we know that are like that, that you can't get an old thing. They would not get an old fabric and put on the new one because it would tear because the other one is stronger than this one. So you need to get new and put on new. So a lot of the shaking that goes on it is because there is something new that God is doing and there is something new that is coming into the body of Christ and he wants the body of Christ to receive it. Hallelujah. So there are many, of, there are many people who have been healed without meeting all these conditions that we've talked about. And that is something that I wanted to demystify today, that it's true there are these conditions, but the principles that God has given us, they should never become law. You get it? These principles for healing that we look at, we've made them law, but God didn't make them law. And we can look at the life of Jesus, then we realize they were not, they were not, they were not made law. Because he tells this one, believe, only believe, all things are possible. And the man clearly utters words from his mouth that show that he does not believe, but Jesus doesn't make it law. He still heals. You get what I'm saying? To prove to us that his love went beyond this. He catered. He's catered for people. He's inviting people this way. And many of them, especially the non-believers, it is this that is going to make them believe. When T.L. Osborne had a crusade in, 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 in Nigeria, there's a man that was called Karim. There's even a video, you can see Karim on, on YouTube. This man was a beggar. His legs were, were twisted. This is 19, what, 57? Way back, his legs were twisted. And he, he was a Muslim. So he never goes for the crusade. The king of that place hosted T.L. Osborne. And when T.L. Osborne spoke with the king, because the king, Karim was a beggar around the palace, so the king used to give, to, to give him a dime once in a while. So the king comes... When he's going out and he says, Karim, are you going for the gospel crusade today? You should go because I'm going to be there. So Karim goes because the king has said, not because Karim wants. So Karim goes because the king has said, and he's, he's far at the, at, the, at the back. So there's a time in the crusade, I don't know if Osman was praying or he was still preaching, but Karim closes his eyes. Then when he closes his eyes, Two men carry him and they lift him straight. And he's standing. So when he opens his eyes, he's standing and there are no men there. And he's looking, he's wondering, where are the men that lifted me from the ground? Even when he's testifying later, that's what he's talking about, about the men. 
So Tielo's woman is telling him there were no men. There are no men that carried you. There are no men that lifted you. And you can see that his legs are still withered. They were still thin. And he's, he's up there. He's standing. He was a Muslim. He was not a believer. He didn't believe. He came because the king called him. No, he, he, he missed almost everything that was going on. But he received. That is the God that we serve. Praise the Lord. And we as believers can create such an atmosphere that where we are, and that is why we are going to do crusades, that's why we are going to do many crusades. We had wanted to start with Voy this year, but the devil will pay. But we are going to repeat crusades because imagine in such an atmosphere, we are there people that carry the anointing, people that carry the power. And you see there is a public, like there is a public witness to the power of God. Some people will say crusades are not so important. It is one-on-one -on -one that is important because those souls stay. It is because you've missed the purpose of the crusade. Paul says in Acts 20, 20, how I held back nothing that was of value to you, but I daily proclaimed the gospel from house to house and publicly. Publicly and house to house. So Paul did crusades and Paul did house to house. Jesus did the same. The apostles did the same. So we can't say it is just house to house and we, we neglect, we neglect, yeah, because they bring an awareness. We've gone house to house, we've done Muranga, we've, we are doing East Pokoten, all these places. But you see, when you come with our crusade, there's a great awareness that comes. And then there's, like we've talked about, the anointing and the anointed vessel. There's an anointing particularly on the crusade, like an anointing for healing. There are many of these people who even don't receive in their houses as you minister to them, but they come to the evening meeting with expectation. And as they see miracles happen, some of them, their faith is stirred as they see other people healed among them. And then there's a public witness to the whole place. It's like a veil is taken from a community that God still does things. A veil is taken off a community because they're like, we know so-and-so was blind. We know so-and-so was this. Praise the Lord. Because I told you when I was preaching in a crusade in, somewhere in eastern Uganda, and before I'd even finished preaching, they started sending this man who was lame to the front. And that's, that, that's where my preaching stopped, because this man got healed. He stopped using his walker. There was a lady who was deaf. She was being translated for. And I'd called her earlier to pray for her, and she had refused. She was being translated for. She started hearing when she saw this man. When she saw this man, walk freely she started hearing and you see you leave the whole place with like there's an awareness and you see many times that's how revival is birthed in places because you may not be there for the whole time but you've given these people a taste of what a move of god is like and they will long for it so many times after the crusade even if not everyone will join church there may be like five people who start praying believing God for this. They're like, God, this is what church is about. This is God. What we saw in that crusade. And that, so that, that's how you see, that's how revivals came like to East Africa and what? T.L. Osborne comes with a crusade in Mombasa. Great things happen. Apostle Jokayo comes, Reverend Mosili and all these, the, 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 the people that, the people that were birthed from that move, they came because there's an awareness that came of the power of God. Praise the Lord. Because key people were noted. Karim was seen. Karim began crusades from that day. There's a documentary for Nigeria. What is it called? It's not gold. It's, but it's, 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 it's still it's a T.L.O.'s born thing. You can see. Karim from that day, he said, because he was a beggar. So he stopped begging. He started making crafted shoes. And he would go with these shoes, selling while walking. And definitely everyone was amazed because they knew him as a beggar. Crippled. 
So people would gather, not just to buy shoes, but to hear, how did it happen? So, it's a, so one time Osborne is even driving by and sees a crowd, and it's Karim there. And all this is documented. And Osborne gets on top of the Land Rover and starts speaking to these people. And Karim went on to preach. I think he died in 98 or what, but he became a pastor. He led a church. But you see, people saw him. And some of these things we see, we see the move of God as it is in Nigeria, how passionate they are. How many crusades has Reynard Bonke done in Nigeria? How many crusades did T.L. Osborne do in Nigeria? How many meetings were there? So there is a public announcement of the power of God in our community. There is a veil that he takes about. There are people who still think, we go to church, they are believers, but they think miracles are so far. They think they can't happen here. They think it's once in a while. But you see, you come with a crusade and they see people they know. When I was young, there is a girl I knew in our community. She had grown, she was a lady, she was above 18, she was like, in a, me, I was just a young boy, but you see, you would hear people talk. She had never grown breasts, and she had some, I don't know what they were, but growths on her face, malignant growths. I don't know if they were cancerous or what, but they were, they were growths on her face, and she had never grown breasts. And this girl went in a crusade. A crusade was in her home. I don't remember who the preachers were, but some preachers from Uganda, see, they came with a crusade. Me as a kid, seeing that lady the next day without those things, and you can see that she has breasts, what would that do to me as a child? Imagine. Like in an instant, this lady didn't have breasts yesterday, she has breasts today. And the whole community is talking about it. Churches are normally set on fire after crusades come. They may not get souls like we say, oh, those souls, who is discipling them? But there is a stirring, there is an awakening that comes. Because as these Christians see the power of God displayed, there is an awakening that comes. So that is why we want to do crusades, many in this nation. You go to a place where they believe church is just about generational curses. Mongo to Saidiye, to Saidiye Baba, to Kumbuke, to Kumbuke. Then you come. And you tell them, God remembered you 2,000 years ago. You get it? But how are they going to believe that these things you're saying are serious? There is no generational curse. He became a curse for us on that tree 2,000 years ago. And he says, cursed be the man that hangs on a tree. How are they going to believe those things? When they see that mad person they know in their community, sober the next day, sober the next week, sober the other they will start wanting to value what you said. People in churches will change. And God has given us this power. God has given us these resources. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want the people that are going to East Pokot, I want them to come. I want to pray for them. I want to lay hands on them.